changing your corner of the universe change the world? We think so. You've heard the quote, be the change you want to see in the world. But what does that look like? This is where we meet the people that are walking that out. One person, one idea, one decision at a time. Here's Baden and Rex. Welcome back to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today, we have a very timely interview for the state of our country, the quarantine lockdown, as thousands, if not maybe millions, I don't know, of parents have found themselves homeschooling when they weren't homeschooling before and starting to learn more about their children's curriculum. And if anybody is in that space as a parent and you don't necessarily think that your kids are getting the full spectrum or missing out on a few things that fell through the cracks in the educational system, we interviewed today Connor Boyack, who has written the book series, The Tuttle Twins, which is a great, uh, would you say, Rex, elementary level? Yeah, I think he shoots for like 5 to 11 or 5 to something. Yeah, elementary level books for kids to learn about liberty, freedom concepts in a great economics. engaging economics, a great engaging, entertaining way um, that tends to have kids wanting to read the next book in the series, the next book in the series, and the next book in the series. Yeah, it's been uh, one that uh, for me, you know, you read a couple of the books and it was eye-opening in the sense that, hey, I didn't learn all this or most of it in school. So uh, I think it's great to be able to fill in the gaps for parents. Um, And like Connor alludes to in the interview is, you know, you're going to be able to have some new conversations with your kids after going through the books and kind of explore some new ideas together. Yeah. And you know, if you are listening to this and maybe you aren't in the place where you're more of a free market person or a a Liberty minded person, there's still so much great quality in these books that even if you don't align ideologically with what he's teaching, and I don't say teaching just the stories of the books, it really isn't, it's not like a lecture book. Um, If, if you don't, align perfectly that way. I mean, there's so many other great concepts within these books of just, you know, there's a book like the golden rule. I mean, these are ones that are just simple concepts as far as like trying to teach your kids to question and learn a little bit more about how society works on a greater level, you know, definitely provoke the critical thinking, which is important. And, uh, he kind of alludes to the fact that it really encourages kids to read and, you know, Everything is uh, very screen time these days, so it's great to be able to have something that can inspire kids. Yeah, and think about like the amount of fluff in education today. I mean, I just think of like the books that I'll read with Hudson a lot of times. You know, it's it could be Pete the Cat, you know, and yeah, it's a good little reading book, but there's nothing, there's no greater lesson to that. Right. And I think of when I was younger, like I was a huge, I was never a big, was it, what was that? There's like the Hardy Boys. Hardy I, was, boys, yeah. I was always a boxcar children fan. Like that was my jam, you know, it was boxcar children. There's another series too that was, I, that I never got into, but um, those series are super good. And you think of like, that's instantly what I thought of like the Tuttle twins. It's almost kind of like these investigating uh, kids who go around and it's the series and those type of things are great for keeping kids entertainment and they build on each other book after book. Yeah. It's really good stuff. And Connor's uh a really good uh, resource. He's got a couple different websites that he mentions at the end of the interview. So definitely take some time, go check out the interview and share it if you like it. All right. Welcome back to another episode of My Corner of the Universe. Today, we have the pleasure of interviewing Connor Boyack, who is the author of the Tuttle Twins series. It is a different type of kid's book that kind of fills in where some of our education gaps leave off. Welcome to the show, Connor. Hey, thanks for having me. 
Yeah. So tell us a little bit about the uh, the kind of idea or, or how you came to the idea of uh, writing the Telsmans. So my full-time job, I, I call myself a full-time freedom fighter. Okay. I uh, founded and run a think tank, uh, kind of the libertarian-leaning free market uh, policy work and uh, working on trying to change hearts, minds, and laws in favor of freedom, remove government obstacles so people can just go about their business, prosper, uh, and so forth. And so I've been at that for now eight years. We've changed a whole bunch of laws, uh, had a lot of success. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, I've got two young kids. And a few years ago, I would find myself coming home and naturally I'd say, hey, tell me what you did today and whatever. And then I wanted to tell them what I did. But then how do you explain to a six-year-old that you're fighting this eminent domain law? What the heck is eminent <laughs> domain? You yeah. know, like, or hey, this protectionist, you know, whatever, this mayor is passing or, you know, defending this law that benefits these brick and mortar businesses that are his donors, you know, whereas we're trying to help food trucks be able to be legal in, you know, this city. So I wanted to share with my kids. Uh, and yet I lacked the kind of language in which to communicate that. So like any good parent, I turned to Amazon and I said, what books are out there that might help me introduce these ideas to my kids? I uh, came away with nothing. I was very kind of flummoxed that uh, there was stuff for older kids, like teenagers, like the Uncle Eric books, uh, you know, are great. Like whatever happened to Penny Candy and whatever happened to Justice and stuff like that. But that's kind of for a, a teen audience. Gotcha, yeah. I uh, didn't really find anything for the younger audience. My kids uh, were, you know, five, four and five. And uh, and so I spent about a week being kind of bummed. Ah, oh, I wish there was something that'd be so great. And I'm like, wait a minute. Hey, idiot, you talk yeah, about yeah. entrepreneurship all the time. Like, <laughs> here's an opportunity to go pursue. So we, we did the first book. It's just kind of a labor of love, like fun project. We didn't know if others would, you know, want this. We didn't market research and, you know, whatever. And uh, we put the book out there and just got a tremendous response. And so to us, that was a clear market signal that there was definitely a, a group of parents out there like us who wanted to teach their children the ideas of a free society. And so we just kept making books and haven't looked back since. And what was that first book? That was The Tuttle Twins Learn About the Law. And it's all of our books are based on kind of this classic free market-ish kind of book. That one in particular was based on a little booklet or essay by Frederick Bastiat called The Law. Uh, that talks about you know law, ethics, justice, morality, stuff like that. Very influential little essay, and uh, and so we kind of took the principles from that little essay and and wrapped it in a fun story, and that became our book. That's awesome. And uh, at that point, did you uh, kind of go out and look for an illustrator? What was that process as far as? Yeah. Um, so Elijah is a good friend of mine who uh, we've been friends since before we worked on this project together. And we had wanted to find a way to work together if the opportunity ever arose. He was doing just boring corporate you know, stuff. And he uh, on the 2012 Ron Paul presidential campaign, he was able to produce some of their ads. Uh, awesome. And, Very cool. and he just really was like, man, I love applying my talents towards things that I believe in and care about. And, uh, and same for me. And so when we started doing the book, um, uh, it was, or when this idea came up, it was only natural that, hey, Elijah, let's team up. We, we spent a little bit kind of refining the concepts and figuring out what the characters would look like and everything. And, uh, and so initially it was, I would just kind of contract with him. I would pay him per book kind of thing. Well, now we have so much work that for the past 
I don't know, year or so. He's been a full-time employee of ours. Oh, wow. All he does is Tuttle Twin stuff and he loves it because he can just apply his talents to something he's passionate about. That's so cool. Out of curiosity, where did the name Tuttle Twins come from? (laughs) So uh, I knew I wanted twins because I wanted both boys and girls to be able to, you know, relate to one of the little protagonist Uh, characters. So the, the twins was easy. And then I'm like, you know, it'd be fun to have some alliteration. Yeah. Um, and so all I started doing was, you know, Googling like one or two syllable last names that start with T. And then I kind of end up with a list of like eight to 10 that I thought, you know, a little kid could pronounce and, and didn't sound dumb. And then I went and I started Googling each of, you know, like Thompson twins and, you know, Tory twins and is the domain available and, you know. I remember, and I can't remember what it was, but one of the ones I searched, there were Playboy twins that had that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I chuckled when you asked that question initially, because I'm like, oh, that's a funny memory. <laughs> so uh, Tuttle Twins, the, the dot com was available. There weren't really any prominent Tuttle Twins. And so it was more just kind of that strategic uh, process I went through. That was uh, that was smart to Google that out because um, yeah. you know how much the media and people love to hate on libertarian mindset, and that would be a um, giant, <laughs> giant hit piece right there. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah. I love I love also the. I mean, I think right now this interview is so great because it's so timely for so many different levels. It's timely for parents because all of a sudden parents got stuck into homeschooling their kids if they weren't homeschooling their kids before, right. and they're starting to realize like, hey, this curriculum although i don't think that most education systems are sending kids home with the type of curriculum they were getting in school so you're not quite getting like some of the really crazy uh sex ed stuff or some of the other stuff that they're teaching your kids about but things like common core or different aspects of the educational system that i think parents are now looking at their curriculum of their kids and saying like whoa this doesn't make sense like why are they learning it this way maybe there's mm-hmm. and then maybe you know if they ever thought about homeschooling especially younger kids, they can look at books like the Tuttle Twins and be like, hey, this is, there is a way that we, can, that we can do this. I think coupled on top of your insights, which I agree with, is the added layer of, man, the world is crazy right now. The right. economy is in turmoil. Interest rates are at you know, all-time lows. They're stimulating everything that they can. Their mm-hmm. Freedoms are being taken left and right. Right. Yeah. Government is growing. People are like, and so you've got this. And in fact, our sales have doubled um, over their normal rate, uh, just in the past few weeks, as a lot of this has really escalated. And I think it's in part to both of these things that parents are like, okay, number one, I'm now homeschooling apparently. Now I need to kind of figure out what I want to teach my kid and expose them to, which leads them, a lot of them to the pedal twins. But also you got this big segment of parents out there like, holy crap, what is happening? And I want my kid to kind of help understand and going through that same process I initially went through is like, okay, what's mm-hmm. out there? What do I find? Um, I, maybe a third thing is like we do a lot of ads, a lot of like Facebook and Instagram ads. And uh, and across e-commerce, you're seeing engagement with ads increase right now because all these parents are just at home on their phones a lot more right. you know, yeah. consuming yeah. social media content. So they're clicking on these ads more often. So it's a good problem for us to have. It's kind of awkward to be thriving right now because so many people are struggling. Um, you know, if you're in the toilet paper uh, industry, right. life is good for you right yeah. now. So, some industries are doing better than others, I guess. Yeah, I mean, there's always opportunity in the crisis, although some people choose to take that term and use it in the way to shape the future. But some people can look at it as a way when there's ever a crisis, that means problems arrive. I also love, I mean, I was going through your books, like The Miraculous Pencil. I've probably told the, the Friedman pencil 
you know, story multiple times over this last couple of weeks to people because it's a great way to um, explain to people like the complexity of the market and how it all works. And so to be able to have that in the, in the kid's version, if you want to actually just real quick kind of talk about the basic principles of that book, because sure. I think that's so timely for where we're at right now. Yeah, uh, it's, the, the Friedman's uh, version of it was actually based on Leonard Reed's uh, essay, which we based our book on. Leonard Reed was the founder of the uh, Foundation of Economic Education, which is fee.org, fantastic website. And uh, so the essay was this autobiography of a pencil. And the pencil says, look, I'm this like common, simple pencil, super cheap, super easy. I'm all over the place. And yet no one knows how to make me. Because, you know, any one person lacks the knowledge to be able to produce all of the different materials and combine them and refine them in a way that you can produce a pencil. A pencil, in fact, as common an object as it is, requires literally millions of people working together. I, I do assemblies for fourth graders, fourth, fifth, sixth graders, and, and I use the pencil story. In fact, I bring this big pencil that's like a foot and a half big as kind of my little prop. And then I bring like an ingot of copper and a, a block of cedar wood and graphite and all the parts, right? I hold the pencil up and I said, all right, who here thinks they know how to make this pencil? And all these kids confidently yeah, raise yeah. their hand. But then we start to go through it at that same exercise. It's like, okay, well, the wood, who here could, could get the wood? Oh, I can, right? But like, okay, <laughs> but what do you need to do that? You need a, a chainsaw, right? And do you know how to make a chainsaw? And does the guy who knows how to make a chainsaw know how to smelt? And does the guy who knows how to smelt know how to build the roads upon which he has to transport the, you know, the ore and, and so on and so on and so on and so on. And so there's this kind of complex web of interdependencies where we all rely on, on one another. And, and your question is a really great one because we're definitely seeing right now the instability that happens when you, you know, have this complex web right. and you start to like remove one piece here and one piece mm -hmm. here yeah, the market's going to adapt. I mean, we're going to figure out how to get our pork and our toilet paper and, you know, some of the other things that are happening, maybe reduce supply, maybe higher cost or whatever. But it creates that initial instability where people freak out because the uh, amount that they're used to, the price that they're used to, the convenience that they're used to. I mean, now on Amazon, Prime is no longer guaranteed that I'm getting it the next day because they're prioritizing, right. you know, medical supplies and yeah. so forth over, you know, my, you know, book that I wanted to order. So, uh, it, it's a very timely uh, lesson today to realize, you know, when you shut down an economy, when you prevent that kind of web of interconnectedness, uh, you, you actually have this like compounding multiplier effect of the damage that you can cause because, yeah, like, okay, I, I can work from home, but I need these like 18 other service providers and vendors and stuff to be able to do what I do. And if three of them go out of business, then crap, I can't do what I do without them. And uh, that's, I think, the long-term havoc we're going to see in the economy is all this instability being created. Yeah, and if you know the the book itself is done in such a way to where uh, you know a very young child can kind of get the concept or at least start to get the concept, which I think you know what was the age groups that you're aiming for about when you wrote five, five to eleven years of age was kind of our sweet spot. Okay, yeah, because you know that book. Um, I mean, I think it, in essence, that lesson is a simple lesson, but um, you get into the, uh, some more complex stuff on some of your other books and um, you kind of break it down in a way that kids can digest. Was that a What's, long process to be able to do that? It, it is. And maybe before answering that, I'll just share this little anecdote that I found funny. And that is our most recent book, uh, which is The Tuttle Twins and the Messed Up Market, book number 11 in our series, was written late last fall. It was published in February, 
And it's crazy because if you read that book, you realize how on the nose it is for what's happening right now because the book talks about stimulating the economy. It talks about crazy interest rates. It talks about market interventions and all the bailouts, you know, it talks about bailouts, all these things that are happening right now. So we've had all these parents who are like, oh my gosh, this is timely because I can now help my kids understand what is happening uh, in a way that they, you know, never could before. To your question, it's really interesting. I've written a total of uh, 21 books and a bunch of them are just for like adults, nonfiction, whatever. And that's where I really uh, am kind of a natural communicator is like, you know, being able to be verbose and talking complex subjects in a way that's like written well and persuasively. But when you are talking to kids, oh my gosh, it is a, it is a mental exercise, right? right? Because like dumbing it down sounds pejorative, but you do need to simplify. You need to not use big words. You need to have examples that help them kind of connect the idea that you're communicating. So it is quite a process to, especially when we take like the, the book I just mentioned, for example, uh, The Tuttle Twins, The Messed Up Market. That book is based on a book by Ludwig von Mises called Human Action. And if anyone has ever tried to read through Human Action before, I mean, good luck. You're going to want to sit down and, you know, stretch a little bit and, yeah. you know, <laughs> get, get your brain food on because it is a complex dry at times, but, but deep and very academic type of book. And so with these, these books that we do, taking these original uh, materials, trying to extract from them kind of the key ideas and principles, figuring out, okay, what's the story that's the vehicle to kind of communicate this? It is a, a pretty uh, a complex effort for us. But I mean, I, I just get excited by it because I, I mean, just yesterday, I think I got like three or four emails on the day before and the day before from all these parents who are just like, oh my gosh, my kids, you know, hate reading, but they love reading your books. Or, you know, my kid, my daughter will only read Barbie stuff and I try and get her to read all these other things, but she'll read the Tuttle Twins and she's like really loving it. And it's, I don't know what it is. There's got to be some like scientific formula at the base of all this that we're doing, but like something is resonating with these kids and it's so fun. And, and I'll just say this before throwing it back at you. The weird thing for us has been when we started this, we were making children's books. And what we found now is that there's this huge secondary market of the parents yeah. uh, because right. all these parents who are like, hey, I never learned this in school. I learned mm-hmm. a lot in that book. And it's crazy to us that there's all these adults who were kind of learning as well along the way. It's super fun, but that's, that was never our intention per se. Yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned that because I was just thinking of the book, um, you talk about explaining complex things to a child. I, you know, the, the creature from Jekyll Island, um, probably 90%, if not more of adults couldn't tell you much of anything about the fed. And all of a sudden you're trying to put together a book, a kid's book about it. Like you said, you're obviously, you're not going into the entire federal reserve and everything, but sure. not only is that going to educate the kids on the concept of it, but it'll pique the interest of the parents to be like, wow, really, this is, okay, maybe I should try and like dig in a little bit deeper on this subject. And same with like, I want to also compliment you on your titles, which are awesome too, like The Road to Serfdom. I think there's so many cool like titles that the kids won't get, but some of the parents who are tuned to it will be like, ah, that's pretty funny. I get (laughs) (laughs) it. But yeah, I mean, talk about that's just such a cool aspect of it, of like adults, the parents who are, you're piquing their interest too, because they, you don't, I mean, let's just face it. Like you don't learn about the federal reserve and their monetary policy in, in school. No, and you're not going to get it off in the Tuttle twins, but you got to get enough to be like, huh, maybe I should learn about that. Yeah. And our goal isn't so much to like comprehensively teach all these things so much as it is to start some conversations, right? Mm-hmm. We want, 
parents to be able to talk to their kids about these and say, like, what do we think? And what, like, let's research more. Let's go on YouTube and look up a video. And so at the end of our book, we do two things to at least help start that. Number one is we provide, you know, a glossary of here's all the terms we introduced. Here's some discussion questions to kind of get your family talking about it, you know, so that you can help your kids understand it. So that's number one. Number two is at the end of the books, we point our readers to the original books upon which ours are based to say, oh, hey, you know, once you've read the Tuttle Twig and the Tuttle Twins and the Food Truck Fiasco, this book is based on Economics in One Lesson by Henry Hazlitt. Here's who he was. Here's why this book is important. Go check it out. And it's really like our goal is to be, you know, if you think of like a marketing funnel, right? There's always like that first little step in uh, and and then you kind of nurture that person over time, educate Mm -hmm. them until eventually they kind of convert and become a customer and a raving fan. Like we're we're basically just doing lead generation for liberty, right? We're kind of planting all these seeds out there and saying you're you're not a mature tree yet, but hey, we want you to sprout, and from there you'll be able to continue to to learn. So that kind of reminds me of a question that I kind of meant to ask at the beginning: is how did you originally become liberty minded? Uh, just out of curiosity. Oh, so the short version is: I was invited to watch a screening of this. Uh, at the time, new documentary. This was 2005, I want to say, 2006 maybe, by the late Aaron Rousseau called America, Freedom to Fascism. And it was his attempt to portray, here's the ideals of the Declaration of Independence and the Constitution and classical liberalism in America and so forth. And then here's where we are today. And kind of showing how far we've deviated. And um, I was in this city library, you know, room with about 15 other people watching this little, you know, uh, it had just come out and someone was hosting a little like watch party kind of thing. Right. And, uh, I think it was my uncle that invited me. So I'm sitting there watching this thing. I'm like, there's this guy in here that just keeps making sense. Like, you know, and the title on the bottom, Congressman Ron Paul. (laughs) And, (laughs) and I'm like, all right, I gotta look this guy up. So I I Googled Ron Paul and watched a bunch of C-SPAN videos of his speeches. He had like a recommended reading list of, you know, Austrian economic books and liberty uh, issues and stuff like that. So I kind of went off the reading list and went down the rabbit hole and haven't looked back. So I I credit where I'm at in large measure due to Ron Paul. Yeah, I think uh, we could probably all say that, uh, you know, anyone that has been uh, awakened to uh, Ron Paul, is going to say the same thing. I, I originally found out about Tuttle Twins from Tom Woods mm. when you were on one of Tom Woods' shows. Mm-hmm. And I remember uh, thinking to myself, oh, I really want to get these books for, at the time, it was for Vaden's kid, Hudson, who is a little bit older than my kids. I was like, oh, I really want to get, I told my wife about them. And it was kind of like, you know, didn't really register. But then, you know, come uh, till like sometime last year, your advertising hit her. She's a homeschooling mom. And boom, all of a sudden she tells me about the Tuttle Twins. And I'm like, I've been trying to tell you about the Tuttle Twins for years. <laughs> so uh, kudos to how you guys are advertising because it definitely paid off. Out of the mouth of, what is it, two or three witnesses shall all truth be established. So yeah, you know, yeah. It to happen a few times and then That's it what it takes. Yeah. Um, I have a question for you, Connor, too. Have you guys looked into doing animation, like any sort of video series or anything like that? Good question. Yeah, we, we are actually right now in talks with a production company to see if there's a, a path where we can do that. Uh, animation is very expensive. Yeah. Uh, it would probably cost like two to three million dollars just for like one season worth of <clears throat> cartoons. And so it's something for a couple years that's been on my radar. I think it would be an excellent medium to 
capture and you know the attention of, of even more families and kids who uh, might not have heard about the book. So it's something I'm very excited by, um, and and something that we're definitely looking into right now. What what materializes from that? I don't know, but we're having some very serious conversations about it. You know, there's always the uh, Gumby claymation you can go back to. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but well, I, little yeah. Gum, Gumby uh, Federal Reserve, Federal, yeah, exactly. monster, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That kind of reminds me, did you guys, uh, getting back to when you first published, did you guys actually self-publish or did you go through a publisher? How did that work for you? So I, my first two books I wrote with a publisher, just adult, you know, uh, type books. And um, I liked the process. Uh, it was great for me to kind of get my foot in the door. But I quickly realized that not only uh, did I not get much revenue out of that, which isn't why I was doing the books per se, but still. Uh, and also I didn't have control and I'm a very controlling person. I like things done a very, you know, particular way. And so you lose naturally, you seed a lot of control in the kind of creation process and the design and the, and so forth. Um, and so I didn't like that as much. And, um, apart from that, the biggest thing for me was I had no clue who was buying my books because I would, I would write this book and then they would take care of all the sales and the distribution and they'd be in stores. And I had no clue who was buying the books. And, and just like, I mean, you mentioned Tom Woods, right? Here, here's Tom Woods, guy who was a college professor, you know, turned podcaster, turned marketer. Like marketing is like now what he does. Yeah, he does like some libertarian content, but he's making all these eBooks and doing all these webinars. And like he's right. become a big internet marketer kind of guy and it's gone really well for him. Well, that's my passion as well. And I, I realized that the key to growing influence is that you need to have a list. You need to know who your audience is. And when you go through a publisher, you don't know any of that. So that very quickly drove home for me the need to self-publish, which years ago had a, a very kind of pejorative, like, oh, crappy right. quality kind of thing. Uh, now, and I should hesitate. When you say self-publish, there's like a wide spectrum of, of what that means. There's the print-on-demand, which is like, hey, I produced a book. I only want 10 copies. I'm going to do this print-on-demand where this machine will spit out these books, but they're lower quality materials just by nature of that kind of automated process, we, we do the full, like we are basically a publisher. We've, we've become a publisher where we do everything. It's all professional quality. We use the same vendors and printers that if I took the Teletwins book to a printer and said, here, I want you to be my print or my publisher, they would use the same people I'm using. So we're just using the same suppliers. We've effectively become... So in that sense, we are self-publishing, but now we control the whole process uh, but most, and, and we get more of the revenue, which is how we recycle it into the marketing, the ads to push it out even more because your average author makes about a dollar a book. Um, and, you know, if you're the publisher, you're capturing like, you know, between two and five extra dollars of each sale, which is how the publishers are paying for their editors and their graphic designers and all their overhead. But for us, where we're the same people, that gives us a little marketing budget where we can just continue to pump out books, which expands our universe. But most importantly, from the marketing side, I know almost everyone who buys the Tuttle Twins books because they come to our website. Right. We sell maybe like 1% or 2% on Amazon. So then I don't know who those people are. We intentionally didn't list on Amazon for years because I wanted everyone who heard about the books to come to me to say, here's my name, here's my email, right? Why? Because when the new book comes out, I want to tell everyone who has the current books so right. that they go then get the new book. Why in the world would I not want to know who my existing customers are so I can say, hey, the latest one is out. And so it's, it's worked really well for us because now we've got a very large list of all of our Tuttle Twins people. 
And every time I write a book, boom, we sell enough in two days to cover the cost of having produced that book. And then everything else after that is the extra revenue that we can use for marketing. So uh, it's gone really well for us. And, and I'm very pleased and um, makes me super excited about the future because as we continue to do all these additional projects, I've got like a community of people that I can directly right. communicate with and say, here's what we're doing. And they'll respond and, and we'll all kind of benefit one another. Because you've expanded outside of the actual books themselves and you're doing the actual some like homeschool curriculum as well, correct? Yeah, so that's called Free Market Rules. Uh, it's at freemarket.tuttletwins.com. And uh, it, I wouldn't say it's so much uh, pigeonholed for homeschoolers. A lot of the families using this are, um, you know, just public school parents who realize that, kind of like Vaden was saying, the schools are not teaching this stuff. And so they want to supplement it at home. It's meant to be very light touch. Every week, parents get a little bit of, of you know, lesson material, uh, maybe a video to watch, whatever, an activity for the kids of all ages. And uh, so every week, we're covering a different economic principle. Starting Everyone who signs up starts at just unit one, lesson one. And then every week, they get an email where they get the next uh, bit, the next bit, kind of like building blocks that we just progressively get more complex to talk about different concepts. Um, and so that's been a, a fun thing uh, that we launched, I think, last fall. We've got a, a card game that we created now so the families reading the books can kind of reinforce the ideas and create their own stories together. So, you know, the cartoon is a concept we're thinking of. We're trying to figure out, like, what are the other pieces that we all want to stitch into this? That's great. Uh, is there any connection to uh, Ron Paul's homeschool curriculum? No, not, no direct okay. connection. Uh, probably complimentary. I've actually never used uh, that curriculum, but, but no, we're not. Gotcha. I wasn't sure if there's any. Mm-hmm. I had a question too, Connor. When you started, did you have uh, any sort of social media following? Because I think a lot of people who are aspiring authors look at probably what you've done and they'll be quick to say like, oh yeah, but he probably had like this huge following on Facebook and Instagram and whatnot. And that's why he was successful. Did you have that when you started? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> In fact, uh, the first several years that we did Tuttle Twins, you know, we had like a few hundred people on our Instagram maybe a few thousand people on Facebook who mostly were like all my friends who I badgered into liking the page, <laughs> yeah. and, you know, that, that kind of thing. It wasn't a, a very organic, authentic uh, audience. So, I mean, it, it was in, in part, maybe in large part, but there wasn't like a tribe, you know, of yeah. like uh, the number of people we have today. Um, and so like most good things in life, it was just bit by bit, you know, and, and looking back now, it looks, oh my gosh, this very large community. Um, but no, it was just very incremental. I mean, marketing is so important. Like I, I tell authors, you know, like you want to write a book, that's fantastic, but you need to consider yourself one third author, two thirds marketer. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't know how to market what you're writing, like it's just going to gather dust. Why are you doing it? So for example, with Facebook, the way we've grown our Facebook page is, you know, we do these ads um, and every time someone likes an ad or just our normal posts, right? We share a meme or we share a video or whatever. Every time someone likes that, if they are new to your page, because maybe a friend shared it and then, you know, uh, their friends liked it. Facebook gives you the ability to go in and pull up, here's all the people who liked your content. And if they are not uh, yet, if they have not yet liked your page, there will be a button saying, you know, like invite to like. So for years, what I did is when I would walk the dogs in the morning, I would have my phone out and I would say, who liked yesterday's content? And I would scroll, scroll, click, scroll, scroll, you know, invite. And I would do that 
just religiously. Well, now I found there's like a Google Chrome plugin that will automate it all for you. Oh, and, that's cool. Because I've done that a lot too, the manual scroll and invite <laughs> yeah. to like, invite to like, invite to like. Yeah, it gets very tiresome. So now there's yeah. a plugin that does it all. And, um, and so it's stuff like that where it's like, I want to be intentional about this because I want to I wanna share content, but then I want to go to those people and say, hey, come like our page. And just doing that time after time after time after time uh, it's it's just that steady stream. So no, we didn't really have that. Um, now I have someone full time managing our social media because we've been able to sell enough to uh, to pay for that, which helps even further because she posts a lot more and is yeah. able to find. Whereas when it was just me, I've got like eight thousand things going on, and yeah. hopefully I would remember to share something on the page. Um, so it's just the incremental slog that you know first few years is hectic and often unsuccessful, but eventually you come out hopefully the other end. Yeah, and I'm glad you mentioned that too because Robert Kiyosaki talked about that. I don't know if it was in Rich Dad Poor Dad or Cashflow Quadrant, one of those books where he talked about, he was talking to an author and she's like, you're even such a great author. What's the biggest tip? And he said, learn to sell. She's like, oh, I'm an author. I don't like to sell. He's like, this book right here, he holds up Rich Dad Poor Dad. He's like, it says best selling author, not best writing author. He's like, you have to learn how to sell. (laughs) That's a great point. Yeah, Yeah, I totally agree. I was going to ask you maybe a question that you might not get. And that is, I'm sure you get a lot of positive feedback. Can you share some of the negative feedback that you get on this stuff? Yeah, we actually turned some of our negative feedback into an ad that we launched a few months ago. <laughs> That's why I asked, because uh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. It, it, uh, you know, I, I will say out of all the emails we get and social media posts, I would say maybe like 0.5% is negative. And, you know, again, there's probably more people who think, you know, what we're doing is stupid. They just don't take the time to, you know, vocalize it or publish it on the internet. Um, one, one of the most common uh, of the few criticisms we get, I would say, is, you know, you're, you're propagandizing kids. You're, you know, just let kids be kids. To which I say, you know, if judged by the market, kids authentically love learning about these complex ideas about how the world works. They love learning these adult ideas that are, you know, uh, bigger concepts than the fluff that they're often reading. Mm-hmm. And so the kids themselves seem to be responding very well that they're uh, demanding for it. We had a, a lady email just yesterday as a grandma who reads to her kids over FaceTime because of all the quarantine oh, stuff awesome. happening right now. And so she bought a, a set of the books for her and then a set of the books for them. And then they read together over FaceTime. And she said the other day, they were so hooked on the latest book that you know we were only 10 minutes in and then it was their time to go swim in the pool. Uh, with their friends, they decided to not swim that day just because they wanted to keep reading the book, right? So wow, it's like, that's cool. you know, it's not like you're sitting down, putting the brainwashed, you know, headphones on yeah. the kids and like, you will learn this stuff. Um, and then my other response for that is the left is doing this, like the, the big yeah. government status, you know, central planners of the world. Uh, you go look at some of these textbooks and, and, uh, and just normal books for kids. You know, I, I, I think it's prudent to give parents options to expose yes, their children definitely. to views that they believe in. You might say to the same argument, parents shouldn't be allowed to teach the Bible because you're propagandizing children into this religiously dogmatic way of life. And there are people out there who believe these types of things, but I think that's crazy. And I think parents ought to be supported in what they want to teach their children. Um, what's another criticism? Another criticism is uh, uh, occasionally we'll get someone say that, I mean, certainly there are some people out there who are just like, I disagree and I don't, you know, like this ideology and you're trying to, you know, brainwash my children with these libertarian, you know, capitalist ideas. Um, So obviously there's people who just ideologically disagree. There are some people 
who have objected to our kind of format. Our format in our books is a little bit more of a lecture format um, where, you know, the adults in the stories are just kind of teaching the kids. But I figured that was more authentic to real life where these kids are, you know, going to ask a question or something's going to happen. And the parent or the adult is going to take an opportunity to maybe teach a little lesson or explain something to the kids. And so we've had some criticisms of like, you know, oh, it's too kind of up, you know, in your face lecture kind of stuff. And I guess that's just a stylistic uh, difference. I'm sure uh, in the ad there are others. I don't remember. It's like, let kids be kids. Let them go play. Economics is for adults, you know, stuff like that. But um, that, that was actually a tip I learned from Tom Woods from Ben Settle. So Ben Settle's a big email marketing guy. And it was Tom on his podcast uh, at one point who talked about that tip from Ben Settle, which is turn your negative reviews into ads. And so I worked with it's our ad team. Ad. Yeah. yeah, I worked with our ad team last year. I'm like, let's do one of these. We got, you know, we got a few negative ads that we can do. So it was fun. Nice. Awesome. Cool. Well, this has been a great interview, Connor. I think, like I said, such a timely time for, um, for to talk about this, not just because of uh, all these parents homeschooling, but just the fact of the shutdown and manipulating the free market and all these different aspects where kids can learn through you know, these books, parents can learn a little bit or at least pique their interest, like you said, to where maybe they read The Creature from Jekyll Island and the kid's like, what is this? And the parent's like, you know what? I don't really know. Like you said, let's watch, you know, this certain video on it or let's dig a little deeper into mm-hmm. it. So definitely the timing is is great for for uh, us to talk about your books and, you know, really appreciate you being able to come on here and discuss the philosophy behind it and the ideas behind it. I, I thank you guys for the platform. It's something I'm very passionate about. And I, I was telling a lady yesterday, uh, people keep having kids. And so we're going to continue to have you know <laughs> people that need to be taught and people curious about the world. And so I'm very excited just because uh, I've seen the impact that these Tuttle Twins books are already having on people's lives. It makes me very motivated to not only keep producing more, but to get more families to learn what we're doing and, and expose this content. So thanks to you guys for giving me a platform to share. Yeah. And what are the, the websites again for anyone out there that wants to go? So the easiest one is just TuttleTwins.com. That's where you can find the set of books. We give free workbooks out and a discount and all that kind of stuff because we want to really incentivize people to get these. Uh, so TuttleTwins.com. Um, if you want to, the other website I would share is just that free market curriculum. If that was of interest, that's at freemarket.com huddletwins.com or if you're curious about me you can uh, go to connorboyack.com or just google my name and you'll learn all sorts of crazy things about me (laughs) awesome whatever the internet has to say (laughs) (laughs) thanks again for taking some time to join us connor yeah i appreciate it if you like today's episode you can find more information at mycorneroftheuniverse.com and don't forget to subscribe thank you Have you heard of light therapy? What about photobiomodulation, a fancy way of saying light therapy? Or stem cell activation? That's right, I said stem cells, the big buzzword in health that no one can afford. Well, you can afford it now. Head on over to my corner of the universe forward slash support the show and click on LifeWave. They offer a 30-day money-back guarantee. You can't beat that. So head on over to my corner of the universe forward slash support the show and get started today.